Okay, James, chapter four, and we're covering five through ten. We're going to do seven through ten this morning. Uh, we got through, uh, I guess, uh, verse six last week. Kind of uh, got stuck on verse six, but I think we moved <laughs> off of that. So let me just read again one through ten. That's our context. Uh, James chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and you do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives greater grace, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Here's our verses for today. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse, you hand, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and weep and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy be turned to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. So that's our context, especially what was going on in verses 1 through uh, 4 there is the context of what we have. So our verses today, here they are laid out, and I've underlined and bolded um, many things. Uh, submit, therefore, resist the devil, draw near to God, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, be miserable, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and humble yourselves, all bolded and underlined. Any thoughts of why I did that? Actions. Um, uh, James is uh, encouraging them to do the, the following actions or following good paths. Or, uh, actions for 200. You got it. All actions. Um, and that's that's correct. And all imperatives. Um, mm -hmm. the, a lot of imperatives there, but also actions. Um, and I, I looked at this and they're all, uh, and commentators will say, it's they're all in the aorist tense, mm -hmm. these commands, these imperative okay. commands. Um, and I thought... So I went through, and why not? Why won't they be in the present tense? Like Paul uses a lot of present tense commands. Um, so there are ten aorist imperative verbs here, wow. ten of them, and there's seven separate commands, uh, but ten aorist imperative verbs. So I just I we'll go through a little bit, and we'll we'll look at this aorist situation. Um, they're in some of them are in the passive voice like uh, submit therefore but some are in the active voice um 
And the active voice is, you are to do it. God is not going to do it for you. And you make a point volitionally yourself to do it. And passive, of course, is, is everyone kind of has an idea what that is. And you know that submit, therefore, would I think would be passive um, uh, because you're submitting. So that makes sense. But why the aorist tense and not the present tense? Um, one, one fellow said, um, and I think this was actually, he was going through the aorist imperative because I wanted to know what that was on YouTube of all places. Uh, he had a little video. Actually, there, there's there's good stuff on there if you. Yeah, be yeah. careful. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you have to be careful. But he said the aorist is a plain vanilla tense. I like that. So when you don't want to have any time stamp on it, right? An unmarked tense, mm -hmm. no past time stamp, no present time stamp, no future time stamp. You use the aorist, so it, it's not. It doesn't give it a, a flavor of, of time. Um, so in the present tense, Paul would use commands, um, be imitators of God, walk in love, obey your parents uh, to children. And it has a do it now and keep on doing it. And and that's a stamp to it. Um, we are to continue the action. So um, that's interesting that these are not in the present tense. So what's the word? Oh, sorry. Say again. Someone have something? Um, so Kelly says that the Aris tense says it's a one and done tense. Do it once. And then he says, do it once as a settled thing for the soul. And I like that. So it's those things are uh, something you should do and just consider them done. Uh, instead of keep on doing like the present tense. Um Merriman says it's a their fact commands make it a fact of your life. Uh, see it, that you do it right away, but it it stays as a fact, an ongoing fact, which is 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 interesting. So I just want to look at those verbs and those commands all at once <laughs> uh, in seven through ten before we kind of get into the verses more fully. But I thought that was a helpful little exercise there to start out. Um, so submit to God is the first command. That uh, same submit as wives to husbands. Um, but right before that, it says we are to submit to one another. Mm -hmm. and, and that gets overlooked a lot because, you know, everyone gets up in arms about wives <laughs> being subject to your husbands. But... They don't go a verse ahead of that and say, oh, well, we're supposed to be submissive to one another, aren't we? Right. So everyone's so, so, so you know, join the club, wives and, and husbands are, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so that's the same word. It's hupitasso and it's a, a military term. And I like Mer Merriman's take on it. It's, it's a command to fall in. Fall in order with God as your commanding officer is what hupatasso means. It's different from, um, oh, what, what man in you submits to God or other believers or your own husband? Uh, someone, uh, 
for 300, 300 points. <laughs> 300 <laughs> points. Someone has to get on the board. So <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll let somebody else go for it. <laughs> the new man. Ah, 300 for <laughs> there. Yes. Uh, and that was the daily double. So you get 600. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new man. I'm waiting for 1,000. And I think that's why, you know, when I was younger, I had problems with that submission, uh, submit to God and submission. But I think it was just, I was, I was trying to s have the wrong man submit. No. If, if, if you have the if you have the flesh trying to submit, that's that's going to be a, a toughie. That's going to be a toughie. <laughs> <Yeah. be> <laughs> doesn't want to do it. Doesn't. Nope. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's significant here is this is a passive voice. Yeah, this is uh, one of them in the passive voice. Yeah, some are passive, some are active. This is passive, which would mean that it is God doing this. And we're to allow him to do that. Right. Yeah. And if you, we think about on that point, um, boy, let me get my glasses. Uh, I'm getting old and I can't see. Uh, I don't take mine off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Back up in, in verse uh, six of chapter four. He's, yeah, God's the one giving the greater grace, right? God's doing the, um, God's the one doing that. That's a good point. And I should have probably pointed that out in the, on the slide that is the, the passive voice. Um, and I don't think I even looked at the active or passive on, on these commands. So if you could, Point that out when we come to them, Roy. That would be helpful. I don't think I have them on the slide. Um, but it's hupatasso uh, is different from the word hupakuo, which is to listen under, incline your ear to, which uh, children, that's the command of children to hupakuo, uh, uh, your parents, obey your parents. Different word. Um, here's what Hamilton Smith says. Uh, about this, and it, it's good. I like this quote. He says, instead of seeking to be somebody and something in the world, the Christian is to cheerfully accept the circumstances that God orders. The Lord Jesus Christ is the perfect example of one who, whose confidence in God led him to submit perfectly to God. In the presence of the most sorrowful circumstances, when rejected by the cities in which he had wrought his miracles and love um, in, he said, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. That's Hamilton Smith, and he's quoting Matthew eleven twenty six there. So hey, I like that. Um, Andrew? Except the circumstances that God orders. That's a nice phrase. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um one of the things that you wrestled with last week, if you remember, is verse 5. Uh, do you think the scripture has no meaning? Do they say that God is passionate, uh, that the spirit that he has placed within us should be faithful to him? And what I'm quoting is the New Living Translation. 
Um, and the reason I'm quoting it is there's two ways of translating that, but the context really should be taken to mean just like this word submit that we're looking at in mm -hmm. a passive way is that it is God who gives grace per verse 6. That's the context. What's the grace? That God is in us lusting against our pride, lusting against our lust. And if we allow him, if we submit to him, that, that the result is in these verses you're looking at today. Isn't that something? I mean, it's in that yeah. context that we're coming out of this. Therefore, submit passively to the Holy Spirit who's resisting our lust and our pride. Yeah, and hold that, hold that comment too till uh, the end because I'm going to touch on that uh, in the end a bit. So bring Great. that, can, can you bring that up in the end? Okay. Yeah, okay, because that's that's great, bro. Um, so resist the devil is the, the second. And Roy, do you have the um, the uh, the tense of that? Right, um, not tense, but um, I believe that that is active. Active. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that makes sense, right? We're doing the resisting. So, um, well, with with the. We're standing fast and let the Lord do it. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so withstand or oppose the devil. Um, and how the means by which we do that is, is, is by grace. Um, James 4, 6, is, uh, as I stated earlier. And uh, I put these points up from Paul and Ephesians 6, 11 through 18, by girding our, our your loins with the truth, by putting on the breastplate plate of righteousness, lacing up with the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith, and putting on the helmet of salvation, arming with the sword of the spirit, and the word of the, which is the word of God, and finally to pray. Um, so that's all... Uh, Holy Spirit uh, powered uh, uh, tools, right? That's the tools in our toolbox that the Holy Spirit gives us to to resist the devil. Um, What's our offense? <laughs> What's what, our do we, what do we have that is not defensive but offensive? Offensive. It offensive <laughs> restored, right? Right, the sword of the sword spirit, of spirit. God's word. Right, the word of God, and right. the um, and the result, the the verse here here says that he will flee. So Satan will flee. Um, same thing he did when Christ was tempted by Satan. He quoted scripture, well, and he quoted it accurately, um, whereas Satan misquoted it for his purposes, didn't he? Uh, but but Christ quoted it uh, accurately and correctly, and then Satan finally fled. Um, I was wondering, is it, are we, uh, you know, is the devil actually picking on me? Or, you know, what if he happens to be uh, picking on Wayne this week? 
well, then he can't pick on you. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> what so, I'm here for. <laughs> right, right. So if he's at Wayne's house, he can't be at my house. I'm always excited about that. But then he has emissaries, right? Who uh, uh, spirits and fallen angels. He has a whole vast array of of helpers who help him do those things. So, so I, I think it's a generalized statement: resist the devil, but it's also evil. It's it's his system. Um, you know, he can't be at two places at he can't play, be in two places at one time. But back then, when this was written, when this epistle of James was written, the Christianity had just kind of gotten off the ground. And I bet that the devil could personally um, bother James. I think he personally bothered Paul and Peter. And he was personally involved with them and then a lot of their converts because there was there wasn't a, a whole, you know, there wasn't millions and millions of, of believers at that time. So he could really get around the, the world at that time and get around. So um, it says resist the devil, but it's all the evil things. And there's this whole spiritual battle going on that we don't quite know about what's going on under there. But the Holy Spirit is, is in that fight, isn't he? So many times I think we forget that God is omnipresent. In yeah, context. right. <laughs> and he's, yeah, and he's, he's able to be, he's able to be at Wayne's house in my house. At that <laughs> Amen. And my house too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just reminded there, Andrew, in Acts 5, uh, Peter says to Ananias that Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. So it was a, Pretty direct, but it was a small group of believers at that time. Yeah. So I, I think he definitely could get around and he knew people's names and he knew the important people in the church and he would go there. Um, but then he still had all these these fallen angels, these demons, because they existed at that time too. So he was, he had a lot of resources. He had, his resources weren't spread thin, let's say. Um and then I think of that what Daniel, uh, what chapter maybe seven, where he prays and the angel comes to him and says, "Oh, you know, he basically, we, I we got your prayer a week ago, but I couldn't get to you because I was fighting. Uh, I, I was fighting the king of. Uh, he was fighting some. What he was fighting a spiritual battle, and he couldn't get away." to visit Daniel on the banks of the Euphrates or something. You know that story yeah. I'm referencing? So, yeah. Um, they, yeah, so that's that's the things going on, uh, and that's what we are to withstand or oppose, resisting the devil. Cleanse your hands uh, is the next uh, command. Oh, and by the way, I skipped draw near to God. I, I just, I was... <laughs> I was just, I'm just dealing with the uh, kind of the negative, I guess. I just, I just totally <laughs> skipped that and I realized that. And I said, oh, and that's a very, that's a very comforting one, isn't right. it? Not near to God. And a lot of times we'll always go, we'll pick out that little, that, what, uh, 8A, 
draw near to God and he will draw near to you at, when we're talking about comfort and, mm-hmm. and the resources we have. And um, so it's a, it's a comforting thing. So we bring that up a lot in other contexts. So uh, maybe it's, maybe it's. Yep. Yeah, Andrew, isn't it amazing that we we are we're able to do that? I mean, that with a God that, who made all things and knows all things, we're able to draw near to Him. The whole concept yeah. kind of seems yeah to, to talk to like the Jews would go ballistic if you you know God's there. How can I draw near to Him? It's only it's right. only under grace that we're able to do that. Yeah, and so it's a very positive one. Um, and so we'll just deal with these ones that are more uh, negative, if you will, uh, this morning. But cleanse your hands as katharizo, it's to clear, purify, wash away. How do we do it? By, by uh, confessing our sins uh, is, is the picture there. And you asked me different. to comment on the tenses here. Those are yeah. all oh, yeah. voices. Right. All three of those are active voices. Active voices. So we're we're doing them. Okay, great. And and drawing near to God is active voice too. It's active also. Okay, great. And I ask here, is there any other way to cleanse our hands than um, by confessing our sins? A- anyone can that goes out to you guys. Now, now that uh, Kathy, that's a thousand point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any other um, thing that it's saying there than to confess your there's, sins. There's no other way. Yeah. Okay. So well. I get the thousand. <laughs> well, well yeah, what would Pat Sajak do? I don't know. Sajak. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Oh, so here's he says, "Cleanse your hands, you sinners." Um, and yeah, then I ask, interesting. "What cardinal rule?" Yes, he breaking. <laughs> he breaking here. We're saints. <laughs> now there's a thousand point. Question. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so, so, so the rule. So, so, so why is he saying that, right? What's yeah, yeah. And it's on Kathy. It, it went out. What was the question? Oh, what cardinal rule is James breaking here when he says, cleanse your hands, you, you sinners? Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Well, that's one of those, you know, buzzers. Okay, the buzzer hit. But he's, I, I thought about it, but aren't we, um, aren't we, we don't call ourselves sinners we're saints right um and i this might be the only time where uh believers called a sinner here but i think because he's uh, james is focused on our these believers condition their state their state of practice um and he's not really touching on positional standing um is the most likely reason he gives us pejorative cleanse your hands you sinners and he's it's very serious stuff um that he's bringing to these believers so purify your hearts that's the hagnitsa hagnitsa and it's a ceremonial word in nature um it's the adjective there is hagnos 
being free from defilement, not contaminated. And Roy, I would think that would be in the active voice too. Yeah, all of these are active. Uh -huh. Active, okay. Great. Um, so that's free from defilement. Same root word as holy, hagios. Um, and this, and he, and he calls them double-minded here. Oh, blessed or happy are the pure in heart, Christ says in Matthew 5, 7. So being pure in heart uh, brings us uh, blessedness. Um, but double-minded, he brings this up again. He brought that up the first time in uh, James 1, 8. Um, and he's saying, you're unstable. Don't be unstable or don't be double-souled. I think that's the Greek word double-minded is double-souled or divided in heart. And this is interesting because um, I kind of came up with this late, but this is this there be, to be um, hagnizo or holy or set apart, right? Is, is that word? So what are they to be set apart from? Um, and then it, it's obvious it's set apart from the world because that's a context here, the cosmos. And these believers are getting so wrapped up in, in the world here and he, to the point where James calls them adulteresses. So it's interesting that that purify your heart has that um, <clears throat> holiness aspect to it, to get away and uh, uh, to separate yourself from that. How do we purify our hearts um, in our dispensation today? Um, and I looked at the word purify and I came up with this old slide. I'm going to recycle an old slide I made <laughs> from 1 John 3, two through three, and it's it's really wonderful how it ties in here. He says, beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. So there's a just a picture there uh, of people uh, they're fixed on the risen lord jesus christ the glorified lord jesus christ um the verse there in, in three first uh, john three two and three says that we will see him uh, which is hurrah we will see him in the future with our eyes our own eyes um that will be our we'll be acquainted with our real yet future experience. Uh, but we are to do that now, aren't we? Um, by 2 Corinthians 3.18, um, it's a, harao can be to stare at or a fixed gaze to become acquainted with by experience. Um, and uh, so we can become acquainted in our, our positional privilege that we have in them um, through the word of God and letting that position kind of express itself through our lives and our condition. Um, Andrew, without those truths, positional truths on identification, look where that takes the believer. All of the works, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Trying to fix up the old man. 
Right. Yeah, and you can you can leave the old man behind with these and uh, reckon him dead, right? Yeah. Um, and to live in the new man and to live and in a new in life. This Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, in this context, it's the Holy Spirit showing us Christ, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the submission that we're doing is we're saying, oh, thank you. And we're looking at Christ as he has shown to us. Yeah. Man, it, yeah. doesn't that tie this together? And it, this this little section, 1 through 10 here, is so packed. What I, I keep unpacking it. I can't. Can't stop Keep <laughs> unpacking these verses from when from uh, when Miles started out with you know verse one. You're like wow because yeah that and that also goes and submitting is humility too right and and he gives that he says you know God um, resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble so humility is also in here and uh, yeah these things aren't things we can do ourselves through ourselves. I love your picture there with the word hope in each one of those is that word of, you know, yeah. steadfast confidence in Christ, right? Fixed hope. It isn't a, a, a wish. It's a confidence in him. Mm -hmm. uh, or a, a fixed certainty, maybe. Huh? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I uh, just, uh, yeah. A continual occupation with Christ. Right, right. And and the little, because I, I kind of stole that from my dad, but I think I reworked it. But this little circle, and you see those arrows, and it's just a continuous, as you walk in your life. That's yeah. okay, Andrew. Fixed hope. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, <clears throat> I kind of update them because his was... A little more old school, but uh, so that's good. So I just thought of that, uh, led me to that verse about, about this, uh, how we purify uh, or how we are purified, really. Uh, it's really him who is pure and uh, we're fixed on him. Okay, um, verse on to verse nine of James chapter four. Uh, the, and these are. Debbie Downer verses, I think. Be miserable and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. And this is this is different because you know Paul and even Peter wouldn't really state things as as quite as stark as starkly as this. But you see those uh, miserable is a verb and mourn. That's something. That uh, and and weep. That's a, also a, a verb. And I think those, if you can check that out, Roy, those should probably be active. That's huh? right. And there's one passive here, and that's the last one there. The turn to is yeah. passive. It's passive. Okay. And let your your laughter uh, be turned into mourning, joy to gloom. Um. So I asked myself, and I'm thinking aloud here, what about all these commands from Paul and Peter to rejoice? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say right. rejoice. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice always. First uh, Thessalonians 5.16. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on rejoicing, Peter says in First Peter 4.13. 
so what are we to do? We're getting two signals here. <laughs> um, but the fact is, it can both can be true, right? Um, both things can be true depending on the circumstances. I think. I think of this. We're getting mixed. You know, are we to be miserable and mourn and weep, or rejoice? I think of that scene in. Um, uh, oh, it, it's called a league of their own, right? With about the women's baseball uh, league, and uh, Tom Hanks is the manager, but he's been drunk and passed out the entire time. But finally, he wakes up and he he wants to start his job managing. But Gina Davis is kind of the manager, and they fight, and they give the batter these two different signals and the batter doesn't know which one to go with. You know, do I bunt? Tom Hanks is saying uh, hit. Uh, Gene Davis is saying no bunt. So, and she gets confused, but I just thought of that little scene <laughs> on, on the, this point, but both can be true at the same time, depending on the circumstances. But what really is important is context, right? Um, beginning in verse one of uh, chapter four, and here's just a, I wrote down a quick narrative summary. Andrew James was, oh yeah, go ahead. Um, well, you know the scripture tells us to rejoice and to be joyful, and yet we can have very sorrowful situations. Right. right. So it's not right. about it's not about emotion; it's about your mental uh, status. Yeah. Your viewpoint. Your viewpoint, right. Um, and in this, these believers, and we can go through the same thing too that they're going through here and James is addressing. Um, he was addressing, there was hostility among these believers, one to another. Um, their soulish passions were bubbling up to the surface. Uh, they, they were jealous of one another. And as Miles pointed out in that first lesson, there's a militancy of these pleasure-seeking drives. It has a militaristic word. There was warring factions among them. Um, and as you remember in chapter 3 of verse 1, some were desiring to be teachers, uh, but they weren't really qualified, and they were wanting to become teachers because it had a status uh, associated with it. Um, so that when they prayed, it, it was falling on deaf, deaf, deaf ears from God, and He was blocking them because of all this pride that they had, and so He wouldn't answer those prayers, and so that caused them frustration. Um, and, but they were in love with the world, you know, they, uh, worldly thinking. They were adulteresses in their fidelity to God. So that's the context. Mm -hmm. And so in context, you're, you say, oh, definitely, uh, that's a miserable situation. Um, and yes, you should mourn and weep. And you should have no joy in any of this and be distressed. That's a correct um, kind of a, a reaction. A Merriman says they were missing, when you miss God's best, that's a miserable condition for a Christian to miss God's best by grace. Um, hey, Andrew. Yeah. 
just a, a parallel thought there. Do we grieve the Holy Spirit who is lusting against our pride? And, and that grieving can only exist if he loves us so much. Uh, you know, we yeah. can't grieve for somebody that we don't love. Right. Oh, good and point. Yeah. That falls right in here, doesn't it? That, yeah. That um, there, there we're walking with the Spirit, aren't we? If we grieve over our sins, um, mm -hmm. um, that would be in harmony with him over yeah, our sins. The spirit will, uh, the spirit will do that. He'll turn our, if we're happy about being friends, with, he'll turn that joy of, in the world into. He'll make sure we feel that uh, that grieving. That grieving. I was just thinking that a couple weeks ago, I something was bothering me. I was just vexed about something, and I. I just couldn't figure it out, and um, and I then finally I figured, uh, and I think this this was the Holy Spirit. It convicted me that uh, I I was just super angry about something, and it was really internal, and I couldn't. But he, when he when I thought, oh, maybe I'm really angry, and so I confessed that, and. Voila! I mean, the sun, it, it just all this burden was just everything melted away. And I was, ah, that was it. So that's the Holy, that's the Holy Spirit that's doing that, right? That right. Uh, Gail, Gail had a thought here and she didn't want to express it. So she did it to me. Um, okay. she's, she's expressing here that this is in the context of a double-minded man. Um, and looking at it from that perspective, that grieves the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? And yeah. Our, and we should grieve with him about that. Yeah. And yeah. And keep in mind, we're grieving. That's a great point. What are we grieving about? We're grieving or he's making us, he's turning, uh, he's making us grieve uh, about sin and the sin right. condition. And yeah, he's turning our, our our joy and sin into grief about yeah. this. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That that's excellent. Um, so the Jewish picture, they would they would recognize this language, you know, they back in the old testament, rip your but when they were to mourn, they would rip their garments, they would put on sackcloth and ashes um, and things like that. Um so summing up here, um, oh, yeah, the point I have here uh, on this last slide of this lesson um, is could James be trying to spur on these believers to sorrow and repentance? And, and that's really the Holy Spirit doing it. As Paul did in his second letter to the Corinthians, um, I'll just put this up here. So he wrote, uh, for, and you'll have to help me out, Roger, because you went through this. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So he, uh, yeah, he. Um, oh, wow. Go ahead. But Paul says, for I caused you sorrow by my letter. I did not regret it, um, though I did regret it. For I see that, that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. 
I now rejoice. Not that you, I made you sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. Um, and he says, he goes on to say, skipping down, for the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance um, without, without regret, leading to salvation. Um, but sorrow of the world produces death. For behold, what earnestness is this very thing, what godly sorrow has produced in you, um, what vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what avenging and wrong. So the Corinthians were going through this too, because Paul was really harsh to him in his first letter to the Corinthians. And I think James is, is trying to spur them on to the same sort of repentance here that Paul um, did with the Corinthians. Yeah, no, that's a great match. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying there, Roger? Yeah. Well, um, I, when we that, said that, that's, you know, there is a godly, there is a godly sorrow and Paul also taught that. Yeah. And it, you know, it leads to repentance. I mean, that's kind of the, the point. You, right. Right. You evaluate right. where you're at and it, it leads to a, and you kind of expressed it in your little discussion there about your struggles. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty cool. May the Lord is getting you ready for this message. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be putting me through the ringer. And uh, <laughs> who knows? But are we pretty much out of time there? Uh, yeah. We prefer, time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had, I thought it would go quicker, but I have, um, but you can you can read it, um, you know, during the week if you want to go through it. But I have just a couple uh, more thoughts on that from last week. I was going to go through, but but I'll save that as a, an addendum. How about okay. yeah, um, some interesting stuff. But uh, it keeps changing because I keep trying to figure out that little tough nut that verse six. But uh, you can <laughs> okay. read that on your own so let's uh yeah let's close in prayer our heavenly father we thank you uh for all your uh, tremendous blessings that we have in christ and we thank you for your word and uh, again for the ministry of the holy spirit in in doing what he does to convict us of sin and to draw us near to to god and we just pray that you'll be with us this week and again uh, pray for journey in mercies uh, uh, for miles as he drives to Denver and uh, just pray that he has a smooth sailing time and that uh, when we see him uh, this next week there'll be joy and uh, we can uh, and some time of good fellowship and we pray these things in Jesus name amen